fantastic. Well, my name is Caleb, if I haven't met you. And uh, I just want to say quickly, I feel really honored to be bringing the word this morning. I, uh, Pastor Tony asked me to minister, and um, it's a great opportunity, and I, and I feel quite, quite honored for that. I don't take this lightly at all, and I, uh, I, I, I want to make that clear, that this is not just something I just do. Uh, this is something that I, I really uh, have put a lot of time in and prayer in around uh, a word, and I really believe I, I have a word for, for us this morning, and the Lord has put this on my heart. A little while ago, maybe, uh, yeah, probably a couple years back now, I, I did some study. I, I wanted to, I just became hungry uh, for, for certain areas. I wanted, I wanted some answers, and so I delved into Scripture, and I, I, it was all just self Self, um, you know, uh, I, I can't think of a word. Self, just yeah, I just wanted to do it, and so I delved into scripture and I wrote up essays and assessments, and I think in total there's about twenty thousand words, and uh, it was all it was all you know, self-marked. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, yeah, it was good. I got I got high distinctions and everything. It was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but I, I wanted to look at the topic of guarding your heart, guarding your heart. King Solomon, the wisest man who lived, wrote this sentence in the book of Proverbs. It's a fairly well-known one. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. And so if the wisest man ever lived who wrote that, I think it's important that we look into that. And, um, you know, take that as a serious thing. And so this morning I want to talk about guarding your heart. The Bible says that the enemy in the book of John, it says that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I was reflecting when I was a child, I was, I'm blessed and I, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my dad for a period of time was a pastor. And so I grew up in the church and I grew up in a Christian home with Christian values and, and biblical principles were displayed throughout my childhood. And when us kids would be watching something or listening to something, it was very rare that my parents would have to stop it or FF or fast forward it or, or you know, uh, unplug it or whatever it was. It was really rare that my parents would have to do that because of whatever, whatever it was on the screen. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was rare. But I feel as though, and I don't know if anyone else here in the room feels the same way, but I feel as though just in the last, what, five, ten years, it feels as though almost everything that you put on or uh, you go to the movies to watch or you listen to, it has some sort of form of, of sin, <laughs> inappropriateness. Um, sexual immorality is a big one that displays across our screens. And it feels as though it's, it's, it's in most things now. And I find myself often turning away from things, turning away, walking out, unplugging, and not entertaining it, not opening my ears and my eyes to it. And I feel that we need to, in this generation, set a guard on our hearts, set a guard on our hearts. The enemy would love nothing more than to take a child of God and introduce that child of God 
to uh, fleshly desire or something that is ungodly to get them off track, away from church and away from holy, holy things, away from godly principles, away from, away from God. He would love nothing more than to isolate, to confuse, separate a child of God. At the forefront of guarding your heart is guarding your ears and your eyes. So the reason uh, I mentioned about doing this study is that this sermon, and, and uh, it came out of that study. It was something that uh, has been with me for a, a while now, and it's something that God is continually working on me about. And so I feel as though this message is relevant, and it will be relevant in 10 years' time, in 20 years' time. It's relevant. It's relevant, and it will continue to be relevant. And it, it is working in, it, it, God's working with me on this topic about guarding your heart. We need to be guarding our heart. And so this, this all, you know, revelations and all that came out of this particular study I did. Now, at the forefront of guarding your heart, as I said, is guarding your ears and guarding your eyes. What you observe, what you allow, what you watch, what you listen to. Guarding your eyes is the front line of guarding your heart. It's important what we listen to. In 2010, October 2010, I was 17. I uh, worked at McDonald's at the time, and I, I saved up. I had some savings, uh, and uh, the, an opportunity came my way to go on a mission trip to a country in Eastern Europe called Latvia. And it was through a, a friend of the family. His name is David Smethurst, and he said, look, if you want to come, I'll put together a program for you. We can work together with the church in, in Latvia, and we can put a, put a program for you together. And I, I, was, I was a bold 17-year-old, and I was like, sure, okay, let's do this. So I saved up some money, and I bought a plane ticket. And the, and the, the trip was to uh, travel there by myself. And about three days into my stay there, I would meet up with Dave, and you know, we would go places. But up, the transport to Latvia was done by myself. And so I had never really left. I, in fact, I, had, I hadn't left the country at that point. I, I, th I think when I was real little, we did a little plane trip to Cairns, but I couldn't really remember much. And so I had bought this plane ticket, and I was a little nervous. I, I received the, the, the program. The church sent me the program. And when I looked at it, it really quite confronted me because they got me in prisons and orphanages and schools and youth groups and churches, there were some days where I would be preaching three times a day. And at that time in my life, I, hadn't, I, I never preached. I, I only got up at youth once or twice and gave a little three-minute testimony. And so I felt as though this trip really, I was pushed in the deep end a little bit and I struggled to swim. You know, I was trying to, you know, it was, uh, you know, in many ways, in over my head, I was, I was thinking to myself, a part of me was excited, a part of me was really quite nervous. I, I took comfort in knowing that if I really stuffed up, it's okay, because I would be leaving the country, you know, and so I kept saying that to myself, it's all right, if I, if I make a mistake, and I, th there were so many mistakes, I, I, uh, so many, um, but anyway, I was nervous, and so I Google. We didn't have smartphones, or I, I didn't have the money to afford one if there was one out. I believe they kind of got released around that sort of time. But 
I didn't have a smartphone at that time, and I think it was a flip phone. So I had a flip phone, and so I went on to the, the, the uh, desktop, and I Googled Latvia, because I actually wanted to find out where it was in the world. So I Googled Latvia, and I was looking at some pictures and everything, and I was wanting to find out how to pack, what, you know, what's the temperature. And so I Googled, and, and Google said 25 or 24, 24, 25, and I was like, oh, that's great. It's sort of very, you know, similar to here. So I packed accordingly, you know, I kind of packed shorts and t-shirts and things like that, you know, one pair of jeans, you know, for the preaching part of things, you know, and rest, shorts and t-shirts. And so I, I, I packed everything and I went to the airport, I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. The day before my flight, I received a text message on my phone and it was broken English from a foreign number. It didn't start with 04. It was all these numbers that were weirdly presented. And it was broken English. It said, someone airport picking up Caleb Jones. Sign or something like that. And so that kind of a little bit concerned me. I, I was like, this is a bit, a, bit, a bit confronting. And so, you know, I was, just, I was just nervous. I was nervous about the whole flying thing. Landing in an airport, then catching another plane. I, I was really concerned about how do I catch the other plane, you know, when I got to the airport. And so all these things were going through my mind. I, I left and I arrived in Riga, Latvia, the capital of Latvia, 35 hours later. It was three, three plane trips. It, it, it was a huge journey. The, the, the time was completely flopped, uh, flipped, I should say. So, you know, our, our morning is their night. You know, so I was really sort of out of it. Uh, you, know, the, the, you know, I was feeling sort of all over the place. I was tired. I remembered smelling really bad when I got there. I, for some reason, didn't pack deodorant in the carry-on. I don't know why I didn't do that. And I couldn't justify buying the $15 deodorant at the airports because I was on a McDonald's salary. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, if you've ever been on a bus or in a plane or any form of transport and you've sat beside someone or you've hopped on some sort of transport and there's been a really smelly person, that was me in this trip. And so at everyone else's expense, I didn't buy deodorant. Uh, they, they all unfortunately suffered. Um, and so I arrived in Latvia, scared, nervous, smelly, tired, and afraid. Uh, afraid. I, I was nervous. What was going to happen? We touched down, and then all of a sudden, well, we're on the, uh, the, 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 the ground, and the plane door opened. And to my complete shock... I felt negative four degree weather. And I realized later that I must have misread Google and Google probably put it in Fahrenheit instead of Celsius. And so it was negative four degree weather. And I hopped out of the plane, there's ice everywhere. I'm, I'm in a very flimsy t-shirt and, 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 and shorts uh, and I'm shivering walking to the building to get my bags and I'm waiting there my bags are you know bags are coming through I'm I'm just cold people are I was thinking to myself well that's the reason why everyone was like frowning at me when I was hopping on the plane and because like they were all eyeballing me like what are you wearing you know it it it, it, it all made sense at that point and so I'm waiting there for my bags and I finally got my bags and I remember there was these big red sort of doors 
And I remember thinking to myself, when I leave the, you know, and walk through these doors, there's going to be someone there on the other side waiting for me. And I started to think, I wonder who it is. And I walk out, and there standing in the back, there was sort of a youngish guy, sort of similar age to me, I guess, maybe a bit older. And I, and I see him holding the sign with my name. And I walk up to him, and I introduce myself. And I, Hi, I'm Caleb. And he, he said hello to me in, in the most strong Russian accent. And for some reason, that really freaked me out. I, I, I don't know why. I, I, I just didn't, I didn't think that, 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 that you, you, you know, if you lived in Latvia, you would sound with a different accent. I just thought if you spoke English, you sounded Australian. And, and so I was so young and sort of green with everything. And he introduced himself and he said hello. And, and he was being very suspicious. He was very helpful. He wanted to help my bags, and he's like, let me help, let me help, and he's, and he's putting him on, and he's, and he's wheeling it out, and I was thinking to myself, you know, that's weird, and I'm thinking to myself, what if he's not the guy? And then I started to really panic, thinking, I've heard about these stories, these 17-year-old kids, they go missing, it's all over the news at home, you know, missing, you know. And then I'm, I'm starting to panic and I'm starting to, you know, as we're walking out to the car park. And then I'm thinking to myself, that's going to be me. I'm going to be the 17-year-old back home. Tracy Grimshaw is going to be all talking about. The, the, you know, the 17-year-old left the airport at 9.30 in the morning. We don't know who picked him up. And, and you know, and I'm thinking to myself, that's going to be me. And then I'm thinking, Dave Smithers is going to be interviewed by Tracy Grimshaw. And, and they're going to be asking him, who picked him up? And Dave's like, we don't know who picked him up. And all these thoughts are coming into my mind. As I'm walking out to the car park, I'm thinking, this is not the guy. What's going to happen? And I started to really panic. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, just, just get to the car. Get to the car. Just get to the car. I was cold, tired, smelly, afraid. And then, all of a sudden, we get to the car, and it was a big blue van. And I, now I've seen all the kidnapping movies, and this is ticking every single box. And I am starting to really panic. And he, he's not being gentle with my luggage, by the way. He's opened the back door, and he's lugging it in, and throwing it in, and he's slamming it, and then I'm... I'm I, yeah, I, I, I was kind of speechless. I was quite, quite, quite concerned. And I hopped in the van. <laughs> I hopped in the van, nervous, afraid, cold. And then all of a sudden, I remember this so clearly. It's never left me. This memory has never left me. All of that fear instantly left when he turned on the car. As he turned on the van, Shout to the Lord, the Hillsong song, started playing through the speaker and filled the van with music. And my ears instantly recognized it. And it was in that moment, all my fear left instantly. All my worry left. I'd never forgotten that. And it was in this moment I realized for the first time, that it is important what we listen to. It is important what we listen to. That music can carry something. 
music, sound can carry something. It can carry hope. It can carry defeat. It can carry bondage. Music, sound of any kind can carry, can carry. It is important what we listen to. Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote that man is three. We are spirit, soul, and body. We are three in one. Now, I'll just go through this quickly. The spirit of an individual is likened to the heart of man. It is the inner man. The spirit of an individual is the heart. The soul of an individual is the mind, will, and emotions, and it is likened to the brain, the intellect. The body is the body. We all understand what a body is. The body is how we connect to this world through the five senses. Three in one. Spirit, soul, body. Now, the eye gate and the ear gate are located at the body. It is the way in which we connect physically to this world. The eye gate, vision, and the ear gate, hearing, is part of the five senses. They are located at the body. It is important at the forefront of guarding your heart that you guard your ears and your eyes, what you observe, what you're looking at, and what you're listening to. It is important that we guard them. We guard that gate. They are located at the body. Now, First Peter says, abstain from fleshly lust that war against the soul. The whole idea of our enemy is to get us focused on fleshly desires, unhealthy fleshly lust. And once our, our focus, our eyes and our ears are hooked onto it, what happens? A war begins in our soul, in our mind, in our will, and in our emotions. The whole point of our enemy is to hook us in with flesh. Our mind gets hooked. Our soul, a war begins. Confusion sets in. Worry sets in. Fear sets in. And you're off and you're in this world. You're confused and you're getting pulled and pulled further and further from the Bible, from scriptures, from church, from pastors, to the point where you feel as though you don't even want to go to church anymore. They're all fake. You feel as though the pastors, and you become angry at the pastors and church leadership. You feel as though the scriptures, and you don't read the Bible, you don't meditate on the word, you get pulled, and you get so confused, you get hooked on this thing, and hooked on that thing, and hooked on this person speaking and hooked on that person speaking and this opinion of this theory and this opinion of that and you get so caught up in this world that you say in your heart that there is no God. His goal is not the eye, is not the ear. The enemy's goal is not the soul, not the mind, not the will, not the emotions. His goal is the heart of an individual to take someone's heart and say, there is no God. That's his goal. Peter, First Peter says, don't give ear to it. Avoid it. Don't go anywhere near fleshly stuff. Don't get hooked up in it. It's not worth it. It's not worth a war in your soul. Don't go anywhere near it. Abstain from it. Get, keep, keep distance from it. 
Now, something that I, I received when I did this study, it, 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 a, a huge revelation I got from this study, was that when God interacts with an individual, he changes the individual inward out. He changes, when someone comes to God, they, they receive, you know, they, they surrender their heart to the Lord. The heart is made new at time of salvation. Now, Paul writes, your soul, your mind, your will, and your, your, your emotions need to be renewed daily with reading the word, praying, spending time with God. It is the way in which we renew our mind. But your heart is made new, and it affects the way you think, the way you act, the way your emotions are. Your heart is made new, and then it starts to play a part in the way you think. And then what happens is it then moves through the body, the way you live your life, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you act, the way, the way you present yourself is the way, it's, it's, it's as though a domino effect. When you surrender your heart to the God, it's like a doof, doof, doof. It's a domino effect. It goes inward, out. Now here's the thing. Our enemy interacts with an individual outward in. He starts with the flesh. He starts with the flesh, with the body, to hook us in. And once we're hooked, once we're giving eye to it, giving ear to it, he then moves in and causes war in the soul, chaos in the soul. And then just like a domino effect, bang, 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 to the point where that individual says, there is no God. He's after your heart. James 1 says, they're going to put it on the screen, every man is tempted. And when lust hath conceived, referring to the body, it bringeth forth sin, referred to the soul. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death, referring to the spirit, spiritually dead. It's quite concerning. It's quite, well, it's quite, it's quite confronting seeing what the enemy's out to do. He's out to so hook us in, confuse us, cause war, and then spiritually kill us that we don't recognize the Holy Spirit. We don't recognize that, that tangible anointing, that touch of God. We get so distanced from church. We get so distanced from Scripture. That's his plan. He's after our heart. And so we need to set a guard on it. Not allow, not allow him to have access to our eyes and our ears. It is important at the forefront of guarding your heart is guarding your eyes and your ears. Now, Psalms 1 gives us a very clear a blueprint of the enemy's plan. It, it, it shows us. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. There's three stages to the enemy's plan. Blessed is man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. To walk in the counsel of the wicked is simply observing. There is no talking. There is no communication. There is no engaging. It is simply walking, listening, and seeing 
fleshly things. First step. Second step, it says, stand in the way of sinners. Now, to stand in the way of sinners, it progresses. It's practicing sin as sinners do. Starts with observing. You look, you, you listen. There will be a matter of time, and the enemy knows this, there will be a matter of time when you're looking and you're listening before you start doing. You just have to look at it for oh, you know, over and over again or listen to it over and over again before you actually start doing it. You're listening to fear over and over and over again, and then you find yourself living in fear. Your soul is all mucked up in it. Then the last thing it says, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer. Now the scoffer, another word for scoffer is fool. Nor sits in the seat of a fool. Now Psalms says, later, Psalms 14, it says, a fool, this is, watch this, says in his heart there is no God. Three steps. Observing Listening moves to chaos in the mind, living in it, and then says in his heart, there is no God. It's right there in Scripture, the plan of the enemy. And so therefore, it is important we set a guard on our hearts. It's going to sound like a broken record by the end of this sermon, me saying that sentence. But hopefully you'll leave here remembering we've got to set a guard on our hearts. We've got to set a guard on our hearts. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We all, know, we all know that scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I heard a preacher once preach about this particular scripture, and he mentioned, he said, he said uh, faith or belief of any kind starts by hearing. Faith, belief of any kind starts by hearing. You didn't start believing it until you first heard it. You didn't start believing it until you first heard it. It is important what we listen to. The enemy knows that if he can get you observing, listening to the lie, listening to fear, listening to worry, opening up and giving ear to it, there will be a matter of time before you're caught up in it and you're doing it. You're acting in it. You're spending time in it. You're all caught up in it. It starts by listening. What are we listening to? What are we listening to? King David understood that music activates the spiritual realm. Music is an amazing thing. I love music. It is an amazing thing. It is profound, powerful, and just simply amazing. It has the ability to transform our minds, our emotions, our imaginations. It affects us physically. We kind of want to dance to it. Cognitively, and it is evident, it affects us on a spiritual level. King David knew this. When King Saul was troubled with a, with a tormenting spirit, King David played worship with his harp, and at the same time, it caused the unclean spirit to leave King Saul. It activated the spiritual realm. I, I, I remember uh, Paul and Silas were in prison, and they started singing worship and at the time they started singing worship a supernatural miracle happened and all the jail cells opened up 
miraculously took place. Worship activated the spiritual realm and it brought about freedom and, and brought about hope. It brought about, and so music carries that. Music uh, also can carry negative influences, negative feelings, feelings of despair, bondage, hopelessness. And I thought about Nebuchadnezzar. When Nebuchadnezzar played his music, it brought about a spirit of fear to the city. Nebuchadnezzar built this statue and he said, if, if you do not bow when the music is played, you will be cast into the fire. And when the music played, it brought about bondage, fear, depression on that city. They had to bow, otherwise they would die. Music carries, carries. It is something incredible. And King David knew that as he played. And I wonder this morning, or I know this morning, that as I was getting tormented when I arrived in Latvia, it was music that caused that fear to leave me. Yeah. We're singing shouts of the Lord. It was, it was amazing and it caused that fear to leave. Music, music activates the spiritual realm. It is important what we listen to. And just like Saul, in that van, I became refreshed and well. King David, I, I, I've got to say, King David is my all-time favorite character. If, uh, yeah, he's, he's just, I really enjoy the stories of King David. King David uh, in Goliath. In 1 Samuel, it tells the story of Goliath and David. And the Bible says that every morning and evening, this giant would come out and the armies would gather and he would come out and he would blaspheme and curse God and he would curse the Israelites. In the morning and the evening for 40 days, he was cursing and he was shouting. And it was as though Israel failed to take control over their ear gate. They started listening to it. They opened their ears to it. And I wonder, you know, if the whole army of Israel had headphones on. These headphones are representing your life headphones, what you listen to. If the whole army of Israel was wearing headphones, what were they plugged into? They were plugged into this world. They were plugged into fear. They were plugged into despair, hopelessness, concern. They took their little 35 millimeter headphone jack and they took it and they plugged it straight into Goliath. And they started to listen to fear. They failed to take control over their ears. They failed to take control over their ears. And it's interesting to me that when you read the text in the Bible, you know, Goliath, Goliath didn't come out and do 100 push-ups in front of them all. He didn't come out and do bench presses or he didn't come out and lift weights or, you know, pull an elephant. He, he, didn't, he didn't come out and do anything like that. He came out and he shouted. The Bible gives us obviously clear, uh, uh, you know, um, information about how big he was and, you know, that he had armor, that he had sword, that he had weaponry. And, he gave, and, it, and it gives us all that information that he was armored up. He was ready for war. But yet, the Bible says 
that it was not the sight of Goliath, but it was the sound of Goliath that caused the Israelites and Saul to be terrified and dismayed. It wasn't the sight of him. Yes, he was big and he was, he was a massive guy. His weaponry was, was, was massive. But it was upon hearing the Philistine, they became terrified and dismayed. Not the sight, but the sound. He had massive weaponry, but he also had a massive vocabulary. He knew words. In the first service, I really stuffed up that word. And so I was really focusing on making sure I pronounced vocabulary. Uh, see, I just stuffed that up now. Vocab- it's, a, it's a tricky word. He had a massive vocabulary. He knew words. And he knew how to use them well. Which left Israelite, the whole Israelite army terrified. Scared. Saul, the king, was, was, was petrified. He was dismayed. Because they took their cord, they took their headphones, and they plugged it straight into what Goliath was saying. They started to listen. They opened up their ears, and they failed to take control over what they were listening to. Then all of a sudden came this little boy named David. And I love this story because it says that David went to the front line himself and stood there and listened to Goliath and what he was saying and the cursing and the bitterness that was coming out of his mouth. And he stood and he listened firsthand. And I love it because the Bible says, we don't read anywhere where he returned and he started going, oh boy, this is bad, this is shocking, how are we going to do this? We don't, we don't read that anywhere in the Bible. We don't read that he went to his little tent and he looked in the mirror and started speaking defeat over his life and over his family and over the army and over Saul. and over, We don't read any of that. We don't read where David took his little headphone jack and, and plugged it into Goliath. We don't read that. But what we do read is when David returned from the front line, he took his little headphone jack and he plugged it into what God was saying. And he started to listen to what God was saying. He started to plug in to what God was saying. And he said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the bear, from the paw of the lion, will deliver us from this Philistine. And the Israelite army saw defeat, but he saw victory. He saw victory. What are we plugging into this morning? What are we listening to in our weeks when we go to work, when we, when we, when we go about our days? What are we listening to? Are we plugging into what God is saying? Or are we plugging into what the world is saying? Goliath represents the world. The world that is, that is screaming fear and depression and, and all sorts of mental health problems and all sorts of things. Are we plugging into that? Are we plugging into what the world is saying? Are we plugging into what God is saying? Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man who meditates with God day and night. Not blessed is the man who meditates in the world day and night. It says, blessed is the man who meditates with God day and night. Are we listening to what the Word says, what God says, what the promises say? Or are we listening to what the world says? What are we plugging into? Time goes quick when you're preaching. (laughs) 
If God is for us, I tell you, mm-mm, who can be against us? I thought about Samson. Samson and Delilah. This is a, this is a really, really interesting story. Uh, and when, when Samson went down to the valley of Sharik, Sharok, uh, he, he, he noticed this girl. It was obviously quite attractive to him. And I wonder what was going through his headphones. I wonder what he took his little cord and I wonder what he plugged into. I wonder what he started to listen to when he plugged it into his little, his little iPad and he started to listen. I wonder what filled his mind I'm here without you, baby. But you're still on my lonely mind. I think about you, baby. And I need you all the time. It's a very sad song. All these songs sadness probably would have filled it loneliness would have filled his mind and he opened his ears to her now I, I won't go through the whole story but 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 to sum it up uh, he misled her she kept asking him what's the secret what's the secret and he kept saying oh it's this or it's this or it's this and 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 it kept mocking her and she said to him she said she said this is really interesting and it's, it's really good he, she said how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me. Did you see that sentence? She mentioned the word heart. Really interesting. She was very heavily influenced by the enemy, the authorities of the enemy. She was on a mission. She was on a mission. She was the enemy. And he gave ear to her. How can you say you love me when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass, when she, this, is, this is really interesting too, when she harassed him daily with her words, daily with her words and pressed him. He gave ear to it daily. He listened to it morning, noon and night. He meditated not on the word, he meditated on the enemy. impressed him so that his soul was annoyed to death. He, he gave her his ears to the point where there was such a war in his mind, in his will and his emotions that he would rather die. His soul was annoyed to death. And if there was ever a goosebump moment in this sermon. It's what's going to happen next. He told her all his heart. He told the enemy all his heart. The enemy's not after your eyes. He will love it. He will love to muck up with your eyes with your vision. He will love to muck up with your ears and what you're listening to. He will love that, but he's not after that. 
He's not after your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. He's not after that. He's after your heart. He told her all his heart. We need to set a guard on our hearts. King Solomon, wisest man, said, above all else, guard it. Guard it. He obviously knew something. It's important that we guard our hearts. We don't give ear to the enemy. We don't give ear to fear. We don't give ear to worry. We don't give ear to it. But we take a stand. We be like David and it not even entertain. You know, we don't even uh, entertain it. We don't accept it into our being. We be like David and we block it. And we take our little spiritual headphones. We take our life headphones and we run and we plug into what God is saying. We need to be like David and not plug into wherever, whatever is, uh, you know, bright and, and, and fashionable. Oh, that's nice. And we plug into that. And then we go, oh, let's plug into this. And we plug into this. And then we all of a sudden, our mind is in chaos. It is important that we plug into what God is saying. It is the truth. Don't, don't listen to someone over here that's not, that's, not, that's not, you know, called of God saying this is the truth. And now we've got the answer and, 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 and this conspiracy theory and this thing and this thing and this thing. Don't, don't go plugging into all that stuff. Plug into what God is saying, the truth, the word of God. It's, I, I, I feel as though we get so caught up in this world that we actually just forget about reading the word. We forget about the Bible. We forget about the scriptures. We get caught up in hearing this person's opinion and this person's thoughts and this person. But the truth is the word of God. Set a guard on our hearts. The enemy doesn't care. The enemy doesn't care how many days you live. He only cares about that you don't live in the days that you have. He, he would love to get someone so caught up in fear, so caught up in anger, and so caught up in bitterness at the church and at God and at the Bible. They get so caught up in this world that they lose sight of the truth. He will love it. And so we must be strong. As Christians, it's okay to walk out. It's okay to unplug from sin when you see it on the screens. It's okay to stop listening and to be like David and put up a guard. It's okay to make a stand for Jesus in this generation. It's okay to be strong. It's okay. We must never quit reading this book. We must guard our hearts. Now I was thinking about all the different types of headphones. There's big ones, there's small ones, there's ones that fit only half on your head. But then there's these ones here that are so small. And I work with a lot of young people in my job and all the young people wear these ones where they go in and in some cases I've started talking to a young person and they go, are you talking to me? Because, because I didn't even recognize I had a headphone in. They are so invisible. You know, you have to actually look to see. I think that person's listening to something. And the Holy Spirit showed me something with these ones. These ones. When people listen to these particular tiny ones, 
What are the words, the Holy Spirit asked me this, what are the words you are saying to yourself when nobody else notices? When you're home alone, when you're in a mirror, what are the words that you think about yourself? You go through your mind. You rehearse to yourself. Are you rehearsing defeat to yourself? Oh, I'm not good looking enough. I'm not smart enough. Oh, this and that. How are we ever going to make it? How are we ever going to do it? Are we, are we, are, you know, what are the words you're rehearsing to yourself? These ones are, 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 are tiny. They're the ones that nobody else notices. What are you saying to yourself when no one else notices? What are you listening to? The Bible says the power, the power of life and death is in the tongue. What, what are you actually speaking about yourself and hearing in your mind about yourself? It's interesting that you didn't start... When, when, I've, when I've counseled young people, they don't start... I've noticed something. They don't start believing it, as I said before, until they first heard it. And that one of the saddest things is, in, in this generation, is most of the time... It was someone else that said it to begin with. They gave ear to it. It was a teacher that said they were dumb or stupid. They gave ear to it. And then they would run home and look in the mirror and go, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. And they would rehearse it over and over in their mind. They would start to, to, to entertain the negative thought until they live it, until it becomes part of them. And all along, the enemy's there in the corner. I can see him with those cheerleader things. Going, do it. Yeah, keep saying you're stupid. Keep saying you're dumb. Woo! You know, I can see him doing that as you just, I'm dumb, I'm stupid. Where am I going to go in my life? Yeah, woo, woo. And, 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 and he's encouraging us. He's excited over that. He would love nothing more. And what happens is, it wars in your soul. They gave ear to it. And he's gone into the soul. How many? How many young people? How many of us throughout our weeks are just fighting with stuff in our minds? We weren't made like that. And Satan says, yes, keep going. Keep, 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 keep that up. Keep speaking that defeat. Keep speaking that defeat. Keep speaking that defeat over your marriage. Keep speaking that defeat over your future. Keep, yeah, keep saying that, no, yeah, you're not going to get married. He's going to love you. Yeah, yeah, keep, keep saying that. Keep saying that. Oh, you're never going to buy a house. You're never going to succeed in life. Keep saying that. That's great. That's fantastic. And he was all along just encouraging us. Yeah, yeah, speak defeat, speak defeat, speak defeat. We need to set a guard on our hearts. What are we listening to? What are we listening to? I'll just ask the musicians to come back. What are we listening to? What are we allowing in our minds? What are we allowing in our heads? What is the enemy? He's trying to get in. He's trying to start a war. Like First Peter says, don't entertain fleshly lust. Don't give ear. Don't give eye to it. Keep your distance from it. Keep your distance from it. Keep your distance from it. 
Hallelujah. We must understand that we are special to God. We are special to God. That He knows every detail of our lives. That He's got a place for us. That we're called. That He knows you. He wants relationship with you. We must understand that. And it's important, as I've said before, and I've gone off like a broken record, that we pick up these headphones. Here we go. We pick up these headphones in life. Life's headphones. We pick up life's headphones. And we continually, morning, noon, and night, when the enemy comes in, tries to come in like a flood, we put up a block. When the enemy comes in and tries to tell us we're not good, we put up a block. When the enemy comes in and tries to discourage and say we're, we're nothing, God's through with us, we put up a block and we pick up these headphones in life and we keep coming back to the truth. We keep coming back to the scriptures, to the promises. We keep coming back. Oh, we keep coming back. We weren't made, just like Pastor Nina said, we weren't made to be defeated in her communion this morning. That there is no area in our life where we have to live in defeat. We weren't made to be destroyed. We weren't made to live in bondage, in sickness and disease. We weren't made to live in worry. We weren't made to live in anxiety. We weren't made to live in depression. We weren't made to live in fear. It's important that we take these headphones and we start plugging into what God is saying. We plug into the Scriptures that I am a new creation. I am justified. I am the righteousness of God. I am healed. I am forgiven. I am the light unto this world, the salt unto the earth. We plug into the Scriptures. I am the head and not the tail. I am an overcomer. 